You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the yellow B. Uh, yes, you got your uh, pregame show is now up, Locked On Browns pregame show. Um, but with it being official today and seeing he's he had some time here, uh, we'll talk, uh, you know, that it is now <clears throat> a past tense, Odell Beckham Jr. and the Cleveland Browns official. We're going to get to some thoughts here on how this wide receiving room stacks up for the rest of this season and perhaps for uh, going further, how the brands are going to approach this in the offseason. Some final thoughts on the Bengals. Stephen Thomas in for the ride. Appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen each and every day. And whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you are subscribed or following the Locked On Browns cast. Always available every day, always free. This episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than a place to just get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. It is now official. And um, coming from Adam Schefter, it was never about changing the amount of money Odell Beckham Jr. was getting for the 2021 season. Um, Whoever, if they put a waiver claim in, is on the hook for $7.25 million. My belief most likely is that I don't think he's going to get claimed, which means the Browns will be on the hook for that. But there is no length to this contract beyond the 2021 season. Odell will officially hit free agency. Um, There's certainly some thoughts how that's all going to work for him and maybe what his intentions are for the rest of this season. Things that will go for the uh, coming days. But Odell Beckham Jr. has been released. If you want him, and I believe right now, I think the list was at 11 teams who actually would have the cap space. Not that somebody couldn't make something happen real quick uh, to find a bring a player in like this, but this is where we are. For me, one thought I haven't got to, and late last night, you know, with a Miller light in me, I wanted to make sure I got this down. Odell has now <laughs> failed with the yin and the yang of NFL franchises. I stood up for him a lot in his days with the New York Giants. And my issue with the New York Giants, who are old, antiquated, set in their ways, was here's a player they are not ready for. He's young. He's exciting. He likes to live his life. um, Likes to be popular on social media. Um, But now you take it to where he's not worked out with the Cleveland Browns. And the way the Browns are currently constructed, Steve, it's young. It's uh, analytic-driven. And I go back to when they were at first energy last year for the scrimmage and basically telling the players, look, we want you guys to use your platform. We want you to stick up for what you think is right. What you think is wrong. We're going to back you on that. So Odell couldn't work out with a tired old franchise like the giants. He couldn't work with a modern day nuanced franchise like the Browns. And sometimes, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror and maybe realize perhaps that you are the problem, but It is now over, Mr. Thomas. Um, And as much as we all thought, man, we are getting the hottest girl in town to come spend some time with us, it never, ever, even for a day, seemed maybe the Cowboy game. But other than that, it never really seemed anything like the hype and the hope 
Browns fans were hoping for. Well, yeah, and we should start <clears throat> with something you and I have both said I, countless times this past <clears throat> excuse me, week or so on Twitter since all this exploded, is that it's not one, one guy. It, there's plenty of blame and fault and reasons to go around, okay? People, hey, that's just what happens on social media. You cannot have an actual discussion. It's this guy's great and that guy sucks and now we're going to scream at each other. It's, it, to me, the, the issue was it was just always a round peg, square hole situation. Jake has pointed it out, I don't know how many times in his film reviews, the, the simplest thing that, that it is, it's not that Baker's not throwing him the ball because he doesn't like him. And it's not, I, I don't know if he freelances on his routes to the point that it would bother people. There's, there's always a little bit of freelancing and adjusting on the fly, depending on where people are and all that kind of stuff. It's just that historically, if you look, not that they both can't do the things outside of this, but historically, if you look where these two players' strengths are, Odell's strengths are mostly over the middle of the field. Short, medium, long, he works in between the hashes better than he works outside of the He can work outside of the hash. He's got some great highlight reel catches out there, but most of his work is slant, slant, slants and seams and, and that kind of stuff because he's, he's so shifty and his routes are so sudden and everything. Baker throws the ball better outside of the hashes on the, for the most part. So it just, it just never quite fit together. It's like, I know this puzzle piece is supposed to go here and you're pounding it with your fist, like Homer Simpson, it's not going to go, you know? And that's just the way it was is really nobody's fault. They just were never going to work together and they didn't miss by much. I think that's what was so frustrating about so many times this year, they were just off, which is why I kept saying, man, they're just, they're going to find it. They're going to find it. They're going to find it. But it just never did. And, you know, I think after what happened on Tuesday, and, and I'm not going to get into it was behind it or it was dad acting on his own. We all know what we think. And I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have happened without him knowing it. But whatever, regardless of all that, after Tuesday, there was simply no way it was going to continue. It was there was no they were saying the right things here and there. Oh, we'd welcome them back. That was clearly PC talk. And they did the right thing. And they circled the wagons inside the locker room and they said all those right things, but there was no way there was simply no way. And there was no way I, I had people say, Oh, just keep him in, you know, just make him an active every week. Well, then they have to deal with this kind of drama every single week for the rest of the season that there's no way that could have happened. The, if they have any hope of writing this ship and salvaging this season. And I don't, that's a completely separate question. I don't know if they do or not, but if they harbor hopes that they can still pull out from four and four and make a run like they did last year, turn it on in the second half, Having this kind of drama in the locker room from the media on social media, I'm sure they were, their phones were getting blown up from texts from their friends and relatives and coaches and all this kind of stuff too. There was no way. There was simply no way that he was going to be around. So with this rework contract, and I, we'll probably get into that here in a minute and everything like that, I don't know. I, I, you're probably right, seven, seven million for a rental. I don't know if that is something that a lot of teams would want to take on. But then you look at a team like the Rams – who seemingly could not care less about tomorrow. <laughs> they, the Rams operate like they think the meteor is four hours away. So, you know, maybe they would. Now, how they would get him under the cap, I don't know. There's always a ways to rework stuff. I don't have any idea. But it would also seem to be a great fit for him if he knows he's out of his contract after this year and he's going to hit free agency anyway. Why not go to a team like the Rams in a city that he's well-documented that he loves and an offense that's incredibly creative with an, a, a coach and a quarterback who are unbelievably motivated to win right now. They just traded for Von Miller. Their defense is going to be devastating. 
if you're going to go somewhere for one year and not be the high volume target guy, that would be the place for me. I would think if the Rams have any possible way of fitting that seven million under the cap, they would put in a claim. Uh, now that's you know whether they can do that or not is for you know Cody and the rest of the nerds. Uh, but uh, that would be my guess as to somebody who maybe under the radar would put in a claim for him. I know he's all, we've all heard the Raiders. We've all heard the Saints. We've all heard that kind of stuff. And they married, but very, they very well might. But uh, I would say the Rams would be an under the radar team. I just, I just know from the Browns perspective, if they're trying to make 2021 even approach the lofty expectations that we and they both had back in August, there was no way that this could continue. Unfortunately, sometimes there has to be a divorce, and these two entities had reached that point. Yeah, I mean, look, at this point, it was just carrying too much weight, and you needed to throw something off the boat. And look, they didn't throw him off the boat as much as he volunteered to jump off the boat. And look, it was (laughs) never his dad. It wasn't his dad. It was the LeBron tweet, because now here was LeBron, who, you know, as 2018 started to develop, we started to see, oh, my God, that quarterback list, it is gone. It is burned. It's singed. It's gone forever. And LeBron, during that time, six was his dude. Six was his guy. Love Baker Mayfield. Couldn't stop. But now you had basically, you know, and I'm not trying to you know diss anybody here, but basically, you know, one of the most famous people currently to ever have any part of that city, to be from that city, basically draw the line in the sand and chose the guy who certainly wasn't part here for any of the success last year, has four receptions for 53 yards, 0.3 touchdowns. That was Odell's average in 29 games with the Cleveland Browns. He was by no means a star. He was by no means a building block. And part of this, and whether Odell didn't know this or did know this, what they pulled Tuesday there's about 10, 12 people in the NFL who can pull that and get away with it. Aaron Rodgers, oh, we're seeing similar stuff to that. Aaron Donald, if he wanted to, can do whatever the hell he wants, but carries himself as a pure, consummate professional. Odell ain't got that juice no more. He once did and basically could tell everybody, I'm going to do this. No, I'm not coming to camp. I'm, going to, I'm not coming to minicamp. I will be in L.A. I'm not going to do that. I am going to do this. He does not have that juice anymore. And for the Browns, and for me, the thing was to, and look, it was it was kept quiet, and I think for the most part, that was probably impressive. You knew it wasn't working, and you certainly had to believe that there was, you know, issues on Odell's part. Because look, Odell wants to be the guy. I want 15 targets a game, and everybody, oh, it's hard to get him as 10. It ain't 10. Odell wants freaking 15. That's just the way he's wired. So it, for the most part, they kept it quiet, and it held together as long as they could until Odell tipped their hand by having this go down and, you know, go through dad. And, but even still, cause he could have played the, you know, who the hell's listening to Odell Beckham father, Odell, Odell Beckham's father. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you could have even there, but it was the LeBron and now it was okay. Here's basically the King of Cleveland, even though he's not here anymore, but still seems to be basically drawing a line and saying, you know, where it was at. They were never going to choose Odell. So to draw a line was stupid because it was never going to be a choice between Baker and Odell. Baker is here at least through next year. The Browns were or actively trying to re-sign him long-term. So it was a, all right, I'm done. And here it is again. I'm done. I want to move on to something else. 
you know, seeing a pattern here. And now he's going to have the opportunity to do just so, Steve. Yeah, I mean, obviously they kept it quiet. I People say, oh, my God, you know, uh, I wish they'd have known about this before Tuesday, three hours before the deadline. Come on. It, it, things like this don't happen overnight. The, the, Tuesday was the boiling point. Tuesday was not the beginning. Obviously, it had been simmering. We were all frustrated. And so how frustrated do you think they were inside that building? Of course they were. They were all frustrated. It was boiling. Maybe, And as far as I know, and we've had people say things to this effect in the last few days, it never manifested itself in any kind of you know, disruptive behavior in the locker room or skipping practices. Or As far as I know, he came to work every day, worked his ass off, did what he was asked to do, uh, tried his best. There wasn't a lack of effort on anybody's part, as far as I will know. Um, so Tuesday was absolutely the boiling point, not the beginning. But again, when you're saying... We'll never know for sure. But the thing I said on Tuesday, a Tuesday night on our Twitch show, and I've said it several times since, if he really was, if, if Odell didn't know about this and was unhappy with his dad and all these other people, he could have shut it down with one tweet or one Instagram post or one phone call if he didn't want to do it publicly. He could have just called his dad and go, yo, pops, knock it the hell off, you know, something like that. So, I don't know if complicit is the right term, but he did to be traded in the off season. So there's all those things. And again, like I said, we'll never know. We're assuming here. And our good friend, Jim Brockmeyer once said, you know, knowledge and assumption are like Loggins and Messina. They seem similar, but time proves one of them to be completely worthless, which is one of the most brilliant lines of dialogue ever written. But um, we will never know for sure, but if you're, if you're a student of human nature and you're more than eight years old and you follow professional sports for more than seven minutes, you can put the dots together pretty quickly here, um, in that he, he wanted out and he was, he was forcing his way out one way or the other. How, do I wish, and the people have asked, do I wish they had found a trade? And, and sure, I would have taken a conditional seventh rather than going through what we've gone through the past, uh, few days, but when stuff like this leaks out and it's a very small community agent community and the NFL community, when stuff they, like the other GMs knew they had Andrew Barry over a barrel. And I, I, from all that I have heard and from the people at the OBR that are way inside, like way more inside than I will ever be. Nobody was even offering that, that whole saints offered something and they couldn't come to an agreement. I have heard that that is not the case. There was never an actual offer. There was there, maybe talking about it, you know, so I'm not, this is not, I'm not lobbing something at Josina here. I'm just, but you know, there's vague ways to word things that are not actual offers. So I don't know. And, and, you know, I guess the other part of it could be true mm -hmm. right up until Monday night, they could have thought, Hey, we can still salvage this. You know, we can still keep him around for the rest of this year and then trade him in the off season or something like that. But, you know, trading him, you know, this at the trade deadline and lap, I've had people say, why didn't they trade him in the off season? Well, he was, Coming off an ACL, he hadn't produced. The contract is crazy. Come here, be healthy, produce at a reasonably high level, you know, some somewhat like old Odell, and then try to get something decent in the offseason. They were never going to get back what they put into him. But they could have got something decent if all those things had fallen together for them this year, and he was a big part of a deep playoff run. Unfortunately, due to injuries and everything else, it just never came that way. Uh, so this is the best that they could do. So 
I, you know, is it a perfect situation? No, of course not. It's far from it. But the time had come, and considering it's after the trade deadline, I think what Adam Schefter has treated, tweeted, what they did with his contract, is about the best scenario that they could have done it, 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 under the circumstances. So, I'm just the only thing I wish is that they could have got it done before uh, today, because I don't know. There's one part of that that not I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. Technically, he won't get waived until Monday. Now he's not getting waived today. So no one can claim him until Tuesday. So we get an extra day of this fun now. So I, I kind of wish they had worked out a way to do it like 18 hours ago. So we could have got it done before the game, but that's not the way the cookie crumbled. So yeah, have fun with this for the rest of the weekend. And then wherever he goes, if he has one decent catch the first week, oh, all hell is going to break loose in Brown's Twitter. So, you know, uh, we're not done with this quite yet. I, I wish the guy the best wherever he goes. I, I should say that I've seen, a lot of animosity from certain people, not a lot uh, in, in Brown's Twitter, but I've seen some animosity from some people. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't, I truly don't. Why would you wish that? I hope unless it directly, you know, he's playing against the Browns or playing a game where it directly affects, uh, affects the Browns. Then I hope he trips and falls down a lot during that game. But for the rest of it, I hope he goes and balls out and I hope the young man finds some happiness and some success because you, one, you can say a lot of things about Odell. One thing you can never question is his, his effort and his dedication. Yes. And the other thing with that, um, and here's the other thing, this may open up whether or not somebody would have interest um, with it's going to be, you know, he will be waived officially on Monday, uh, you know, available on Tuesday. Something could happen to one of these teams this weekend where, you know what, right now it might be something, I don't know if we're so interested. Somebody goes down this weekend, right. all of a sudden, you know what, uh, I lost a major part. Um, there's a guy out there that can maybe go out there and give me seven games. And maybe not disrupt, you know, where my season is at right now. You never know. Something that could happen. We'll see how it plays out. And again, I, I'm with you. Look, I mean, the thing for me is, and this is the weirdest thing is, you know, for that three-year run he had to begin his career with the Giants, we're talking about a guy who was, you were talking about like, holy crap. We're talking about maybe one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen play this game. Right. And right now, nobody knows if he is that guy anymore. Nobody knows. And maybe we'll get an opportunity to find out. Um, but you know, right now he's kind of got like a little bit of a Kaiser Sose, you know, feel to him. Like, you know, yeah, you know, until he shows up, you don't truly know if he exists. Um, we're going to move on here. We're going to get to where the Browns are going from here a little bit more with some Steven, uh, Steven Thomas, get some final thoughts here on the Bengals in our last segment, as we do our final prep before Sunday, locked on Browns. Always a pleasure having the OBRs, Steven Thomas along for the ride. This episode of locked on Browns is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to, to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Whether it is the uh, the dollar menu or the two for fives on breakfast sandwiches, um, you have young kids, they're always eating every now and then. Hey, just bring home something in a bag for McDonald's and you know you'll satisfy the masses. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody mention a Lockdown Browns watch party? Could happen. Why not? Why not? Why not? McDonald's, we appreciate them for their sponsorship. Da, 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 da. Um, loving it. Steve, now it looks like everybody 
is back. Donovan Peoples-Jones looking like he's ready to go. And it almost seems like it's our yearly, hey, let's get Rashard Higgins involved type of moment. Because it seems, you know, Rashard Higgins seems like, you know, the reliable Volkswagen you have in your driveway, but you drive the fancy cars, this, that, and the other thing. And then when they go into the shop, it's like, oh, yeah, we've got that. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly useful. It does everything we ask of it. So why don't we go ahead and throw 82 back out there? And then there, I think at some point you've got to at least try to find some way to get Anthony Schwartz involved. Um, you know, you have to see what you have there. And anybody who has any questions on Jarvis, look, Jarvis and Odell are wired extremely different. They're just different type of personalities. And look, Jarvis was doing everything he could in some bad Miami franchises. Came here, and yes, he was part of what turned this franchise around. He's not the only reason, and that's where I get aggravated. He was part of what turned the culture around in this franchise. I don't think there's going to be much that's going to, of this situation that's going to affect Jarvis. <laughs> and I do think maybe there's a little part of Jarvis inside that says, you want to know what? This was my team. He came here to join me, and then the focus kind of went on him. And, you know, Jarvis – Last year, you saw him play really well down the stretch, and I don't think we're going to have any issue as far as that. But some of these young guys, Pete—I mean, Steve—I'm sorry—they have to, they have to, yeah, exactly. As Pete is, you know, probably yelling at some kid right now on a, a, a on the sidelines in a state playoff game right now. Um, <clears throat> there's the opportunity here, and look, we've seen DPJ, we've seen Michard, we've seen Jarvis Landry. We'd like to see a little bit more of Mr. Anthony Schwartz. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I agree with you on Jarvis. It's He has feelings about it. I am quite sure he's an emotional player. But when he steps between the white lines, <clears throat> you can say a lot of things about Jarvis. My only concern is that he's not going to get a 15-yarder because he's oh so close to talking his way into one. But go ahead. Yeah, he's uh, – <laughs> yeah. that's Well, that's always a concern. But he's going to go out there and he's going to play his ass off. Whether the results are there, you know, even last week, which was just – such a strange game from him. The, just just ridiculous. I, you never see that kind of stuff from him. You couldn't fault the effort. The effort was there. The effort is constant with Jarvis Landry. The results can And be like a true pro, are. he owned up afterwards and said, this is 100%. on me. I've got to get it done. 100%. And that's what I, I would expect. Nothing less from him. The utmost respect for Jarvis Landry. And as far as his future next year, you mentioned it earlier in the, uh, pod, uh, in the cast. Yeah, I think we've all said it's definitely a possibility. Now, if he goes out and has some, you know, if he just is an absolute baller and they do go on some kind of deep playoff run and he's a huge part of it, maybe they do bring him back. You know, nothing's written in stone yet. But I agree with what you said before. It's certainly leaning towards him not coming back. But as far as the other guy, so we know what we're going to get from Jarvis. Somebody's going to have to step up and take the deep uh, uh, route responsibility away because even though Odell, and Kevin mentioned this a couple of times, even though Odell was not putting up the catch numbers, his mere presence on the field, was creating opportunities for other guys. And without that, I hope they can find somebody to step in and take at least that part. Even if they're not putting up deep route catches, DPJ, Anthony Schwartz, uh, these kind of guys have to step up and at least threaten the vertical areas of the field. Because if the teams are able to crunch down like they were in the playoffs last year, you know, I, I just don't know if they can. If, I don't know if Baker can replicate throwing it through a keyhole that many times in a row, like he did in the second half of last year. I don't know if he can do it with the shoulder, his shoulder the way it is. But, yeah, DPJ is going to have to step up, and I think he's capable of doing it, assuming he's completely healthy. 
Uh, I think Anthony Schwartz, at least, as you and I talked about in the preseason, can be used as a decoy on those deep routes because he's fast as all get out. Rashard Higgins will do Rashard Higgins things. I wonder if David Njoku gets more chances out in the slot, split out as a big slot. He's gotten plenty out there, but I think they may ramp it up even a little bit more. Uh, it would be great to see Chief finally get the usage and targets that I think he deserves because if they continue to only throw to him three times every other game, yeah, they can afford to keep him around, but is he going to want to keep stay? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's starting to get to the point where he may want to go elsewhere just so he can get the ball more and get a bigger contract. I am not 100% sure. And then, you know, there's always the chance, too. They really like Jamarcus Bradley. They've kept him around a couple of years, played well in limited opportunities. Uh, I had forgotten until I saw Fred tweet uh, something from practice the other day. JoJo Natson's still on the team. They really like yep. him. He can do some things in the deeper portions of the field. And Lawrence Cager is no slouch on the practice squad either. Second-year guy out of Georgia. We haven't heard a lot about him, um, but uh, I, I seem to remember him being able to step up and do some stuff. Now, I'm not saying, please don't anybody take this the wrong way, that these guys can step up and be OBJ. That is not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is some of these guys, they may be able to elevate to do certain specific things that can help open up the short and medium parts of the field the way Odell did uh, when he was on the field for, for Jarvis, for Austin Hooper, for Harrison Bryant, for these guys that work better in those ranges of the field. Because, if again, if they don't have a deep threat like any at all, we saw what happened in the Chiefs game last year. The, the, they had zero fear of crowding the line like that, which not only hurts the passing game, but hurts 24 and 27 and you know, 30 at this point uh, when 27 comes back because you're running against eight, nine, ten-man boxes. I mean, it's just the way that it is in the NFL right now. So there's some guys that have to stuff up. They have guys that are capable of doing it because as has been hammered home this week by people on one side of this debate, this offense – is predicated on you do your job, I'll do mine, and we'll count on each other, not necessarily playing hero ball. They have guys that are more than capable of doing their job and being counted on and um, doing specific roles. Now, will they do it? We're going to have to see. We are going to find out a lot about this football team on Sunday in Cincinnati. We're going to find out a ton. And if they go out and lay an egg like they did against Pittsburgh at home this week, I think we know where the rest of the season is going to go. I do not expect that. I expect them to come out with their hair on fire. I actually picked them to win this game, which a lot of people have called me nuts already. But I think they're more than capable of doing it. Um, but uh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what the locker room is made of on Sunday because this has been one hell of a week. And there's a lot of guys that need to step up. They have the guys who can do it. We'll find out. Well, regardless of what happens Sunday, you are nuts. We know that. Everybody knows that going into this or whatever. Well, this is so, true. You know, yes. And, you know, as you're away, you know, fulfilling, you know, the other part of your professional standards, you know, Mrs. Thomas always sends over the tweets. You know, he's nuts, right? You really know he's nuts, right? He's not here to check my phone, but he's nuts. He's crazy. We all know that. And that's I'll why tell you what, him. man. After being home for 18 months, when it came time to take me to, to the airport, it, she was like a four-year-old on Christmas morning, man. She was just like, can we go now? Can we go now? No, it's two in the morning. Go back to bed. She was so excited to get rid of me finally. So. That was a lot. Did she even stop? Yeah. Did she even stop as you were getting out of the car? Or was it was more like a right foot get out? We, we were 107 miles an hour on the 405. Uh, so, you know, I was like, honey, <laughs> is this really necessary? And she's like, yes, yeah, shut up. So, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> All right, Stephen, real quick here. Um, now, look, yeah. it's looking with the way this offense is. It's not – it may not be a destination for free agent wide receivers. And if you're not right. going to use them – with the way you're going to focus on running backs and tight ends and focus on almost every skill position equally, which is kind of what this offense does, it opens up to draft. 
and looking at players through the draft. And, you know, hey, if those players stay, if they end up getting extended, they spend longer time here, that's one thing. A couple of names here, Steve, because right now, you know, round one, round two, it's certainly looking like you're going to hit and maybe hit hard based on what this wide receiver room looks like right now. Yeah, it's uh, and luckily for them, uh, assuming they all declare, we'll find out. We won't find out for sure until the middle of January, obviously. But assuming they all declare, it looks like it's going to be another one hell of a deep class, uh, even into even into round three. Uh, the top 100 is going to be peppered uh, with explosive wide receivers. Obviously, everybody listening to this knows the two Buckeyes. Um, and we've been saying all year, oh, they're probably going to go top half of round one. The Browns are going to be picking 28th or something like that. We're going to find out if they, if Not this so season fast, goes my friend. In the dumper, <laughs> they could be in range. And, you know, as we always say to no way in hell guy, we don't know who's going to go in the top half around one. It's November where there's still a lot of ball game left, but Olave and Garrett Wilson certainly look like they're both top half of round one guys, but either of those guys would be fantastic, but you're looking at depending on what they want, you know, that's the other thing. We we're not exactly sure what style this, this class has all shapes and sizes. Traylon Burks, Drake London. If he doesn't go back after the injury, Jahan Dotson has been, incredibly impressive impressive this year uh david bell at, at purdue i think is being slept on in this class and could end up being one of the best guys that come out of it because he's going to test good but i don't think he's going to test great and some of these are going to test great and that could push him down and he could be that guy how did he last at you know 58 or 67 or whatever wherever he gets picked and that kind of stuff because that guy just does everything really really good and then of course the two alabama guys Jamison Williams, man, I, I I love Mechie. I still love Mechie, but Williams has stolen a lot of his thunder, and rightly so. That man runs, and I want to make sure I say this correctly, reminiscent of Josh Gordon, okay, in that. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's the – I'm not saying he's – Stephen Thomas I, says I, I, he I'm is saying, Josh Gordon. Come on, folks, you know how to Exactly. This. That's going to get thrown in my face, I guarantee you, and that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Josh Gordon, from a – purely physical gift standpoint is probably the most gifted wide receiver I have seen in my entire lifetime. He was ridiculous before, you know, his issues derailed him. We used to watch him run and we used to say, he doesn't even look like he's trying and he's running away from people. Jameson Williams has a similar gait in that he looks, some people go, Oh God, he's not even running full speed. No, he is. It just looks like he's trotting and, and these guys are busting Achilles trying to keep up with him and they can't do it. That's a guy I would not be surprised to be around on day two, and he's going to end up being a steal. Um, but then you look at uh, – and then, of course, my guy Romeo Dubs is another guy who is going to get pushed down in this class just because some of these guys are so fantastic. But whether they want to do it on day one or where they want to you know, wait until day two, I like you, I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money. They'll probably grab somebody in free agency. I don't think they're going to go in with you know a quote-unquote need because that's how you get caught forcing picks. Uh, they'll sign some people in free agency, but I, I, I would love it if it was a Godwin type, but I don't think it's going to be Godwin or Allen Robinson or, you know, any of these big names that are getting thrown Mike Williams, any of that. I just don't think they're going to spend that kind of money. Uh, but wherever they end up going, the, it looks like there's going to be somebody who will fit a need and uh, fit a slot, fit a skill set, and end up being great value, which as we know is very important for this front office. A lot of guys to keep uh, uh, an eye on. And, of course, there's probably four or five that we haven't even talked about yet. They're going to, you know, smaller school guys that are going to explode onto the scene in January and then become top 100 guys by the time April rolls around. No doubt, no doubt. And it, I, for me, I think this is how this is going to go. I mean, and it's going to be similar to these teams who draft a wide receiver or two per year. 
And this is the way the Browns are going to address this position from here on out because it's not going to be overvalued than the other skill position. And it's not going to be one that's going to be maybe a free ed- free agent destination. And you're going to have a lot of guys that you have to extend financially. So we'll see how it plays out. But for now, we're going to roll through 2021 with what is here and in-house. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Steve, we're getting a little bit tight on time here, but our final thoughts here from you. You've got a pregame, you got a pregame show from Pete Smith and I last night, folks. Steven, and I'm with you because this kind of gives me a little bit of a feel of the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game last year. Like, oh, nobody's counting on anything. Wait, the coach is out. Batonio's out. Uh, defensively, we're starting a guy at corner that we just brought up from the freaking practice squad. Right. This team knows how to play the Bengals. This team knows how to beat the Bengals. And this team, and look, this is not, the Bengals are certainly improved from where they were recently. But it's a good matchup for them. You can kind of bully him a little bit, probably be able to run the ball. You defensively, look, you've you've gotten a taste of Burrow. You've seen him twice. You know if you get after him, and this defensive line can do what they are capable of. Looks like Tack is back. Um, Jadamian Cloudy physically was on the field doing some things today. I, I think they can pull this out if they play to their caliber. Can they put this nonsense and BS in the rear view? It's a fair question to ask. There's no doubt about it. It's been a tumultuous week here in Berea. There is no question about that. But this is a game they can win, and they desperately need to win, not just to salvage the season, but also to call off the media dogs. Absolutely. Things that you said there is the key, I think. This is the healthiest this team has been in I don't know how long. Um, Everybody except Conklin, who was um, on the injury list, And why isn't he on IR? That's really weird. A dislocated elbow. Why wasn't he put on the IR? But that's another story for another day. Go ahead. Exactly. I mean, obviously, we're still waiting for Kareem Hunt and JOK. They're, you know, on IR right now. But everybody that can play, except for Conklin, looks like they're going to play. And so all of those advantages that we thought we had on paper when they match up with the Bengals, those are still there. That offensive line is better than we thought it would be, but they're still very questionable. And if Miles and and Tack and uh, Jadevian Clowney and the Maliks do what they've been doing because they're near the top of the league in pressure rate this year, that gives them a great advantage because here's something that I found fun, uh, fun is that Burrow is much better against the blitz than he is against just a regular rush. If you blitz him, he will decent and slice you up. So, and the, luckily the Browns don't do that very much and they don't have to because his numbers are significant. I mean, it's a significant drop against just a four man rush. Um, I, I could not speak to why that is. That's for like Jake and the film guys to break that down, but it, it's undeniable. It's not just a few points. It's a significant drop in numbers. So I think that for the Browns is the key to the entire football game. If that defensive line can do what they, we know they can do, then they have a real chance. If they get neutralized for whatever reason, it could be a long day because Joe Burrow, for whatever you want to talk about, he doesn't have a killer arm and this and that and all that kind of stuff. Very smart, very decisive 
very accurate with the football. And Jamar Chase, whether it was a right pick or not, I you know I'm not going to wade into that. But there's no denying the dude can friggin' play, and he can take the ball two yards in the you know down the field and make it an 80 yard gain in a blink. So yes, I think they absolutely can win this game. I picked them to win this game because I think they're going to rally. Uh, they need to win the next, in my opinion, because there's a real tough stretch coming up after these next three. They got to get these next three. Uh, but like you said, we'll have to wait and see. And I, you got to be a real degenerate to be gambling on this game and pretend you have any clue. You know what the Cleveland Browns are going to put on the field this week because nobody knows after a week like this how a team is going to respond. I'm hoping that they're going to uh, put out what we think so, uh, and they they really need to. Uh, when a guy like Joel Batonio says must win or desperate or whatever he says, you know that he doesn't throw words like that around uh, lightly. So, um, yeah, I, I think the defensive line is the key to the game. People will talk about Baker and he should do that. Yeah, I, I, that's obviously important as well. But I think slowing down this offense with only bringing four is the key to the entire process for the Cleveland Browns. And if you ask me right now, I think they're going to come out with a dope. So do I. And, it, and it's so weird and refreshing to say that I like the way this team looks right now when it feels like they're, they feel that their you know, backs were against the walls. Whereas, you know, because in years past, you know, they would crumble like a cheap for content and everybody knows it. Um, and, you you know, your backs were never against the wall when you were, you know, 0-13, 0-14. There was no wall. It yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah, no, there never was no wall. Just push me off that at, at the freaking window, whatever. We're a pushover, whatever. And there's my wife and kids, whatever. You can have them, whatever. I left some cold beer free in the fridge, though. Uh, but no, I, I think, and and I think they know what this means. And I, I'm sure there is no way that anybody in this locker room hasn't peeked down at what's going down on down there and said, you know what, a little bit better. You know, it's you know, and for the Bengals themselves, they look with the Browns and they say, you want to know what, you guys kind of turned your fortunes around in about a season and a half. We think we can do that too. And yep. you know, there's that possibility for them. And they're coming off a tough loss against the Jets. And that was my first thought of watching anything last night was, holy crap, this team beat the Bengals. And it wasn't so much a sign to the Bengals, but it was just a sign of, you know, that's how freaking insane the NFL can be at times. But look, this team, they will come to play. Um, I think the dedication, the focus, none of that has changed. And as far as the overall on-field play, it wasn't getting done with Odell Beckham Jr. here anyway. So maybe removing this from the equation helps things because you want to know what? We don't have to worry about it because it's not here. And it's not like you lost this major piece of the puzzle. It's It wasn't doing anything. And it's not, on, again, for the final time. It's not on 13. It's not on six. It was never working. It was almost like an arranged marriage. And then eventually they got to the point where they're like, hey, can we just say this isn't working? Can I, can I go do my thing? And can we go let him go do his thing? It's just not working. And for the worst relationship a quarterback to have is the superstar wide receiver. But yet every tight end, every other wide receiver, every running back, it all works. But it didn't work with 13. And that's fine. And now everybody's come to the understanding of it and moved on. He is Stephen Thomas, part of the OBR. Not same. Uh, I don't even, the, I'm sorry, the Browns Twitch show. They've been, guys have been killing it. Um, Steven, I can see that he's gotten the addiction like the rest of us, and that's fantastic. It's just fun to sit here and talk ball. We're going to close it out here. Uh, Locked on Browns, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.